Hey, I'm Andy. If you don't know me, it's probably because I'm not famous. But I did start a men's grooming company called Harry's. The idea for Harry's came out of a frustrating experience I had buying razor blades. Most brands were overpriced, overdesigned, and out of touch. At Harry's, our approach is simple. Here's our secret. We make sharp, durable blades and sell them at honest prices for as low as $2 each. We care about quality so much that we do some crazy things, like buy a world-class German blade factory. Obsessing over every detail means we're confident in offering a 100% quality guarantee. Millions of guys have already made the switch to Harry's, so thank you if you're one of them. And if you're not, we hope you give us a try with this special offer. Get a Harry starter set with a five-blade razor, weighted handle, shave gel, and a travel cover, all for just three bucks, plus free shipping. Just go to harrys.com and enter 5,000 at checkout. That's harrys.com, code 5,000. Enjoy. We have breaking news that came out today that an Iran nuclear deal framework has been met, has been reached, and has been announced. And just a minute, we're going to share with you what the president had to say, explaining the nuclear deal with Iran. Now, U.S. Secretary of State John Kerry stressed that if a final deal is reached with Iran, because this is not the final deal, preliminary deal, the removal of any sanctions against Tehran will not happen at one time, like you'll have a lot of trollsters saying online today. It will come in phases. Quote, and if we find out at any point that Iran is not complying with the agreement, the sanctions can snap back into place. So for people who think that we bent over Iran and that we don't have the power and they do, that is wrong. Secretary of State Kerry went on to say the deal would see Iran reduce its stockpile of low enriched uranium by 98% for 15 years and cut its installed centrifuges by more than two-thirds for 10 years. And once a final agreement is implemented, the international community will have the confidence that Iran's nuclear program is peaceful and will remain so. We're going to hear from our president, but French President Francois Hollande of France said, along with its partners, they will monitor the implementation of the terms of the agreement before a final deal. That final deal would be by the end of June, he said, quote, so that the international community can be assured that Iran will not be in a position to acquire a nuclear weapon, which uh, our side, America, believes they we're close to coming to. This is the president explaining the Iran nuclear deal, the preliminary deal that was reached today. We'll get back to that audio. Today, and, uh, oh. after many months of tough principled diplomacy, we have achieved the framework for that deal. And it is a good deal, a deal that meets our core objectives. This framework would cut off every pathway that Iran could take to develop a nuclear weapon. Iran will face strict limitations on its program, and Iran has also agreed to the most robust and intrusive inspections and transparency regime ever negotiated for any nuclear program in history. So this deal is not based on trust. It's based on unprecedented verification. Many key details will be finalized over the next three months, and nothing is agreed to until everything is agreed. But here are the basic outlines of the deal that we are working to finalize. First, 
Iran will not be able to pursue a bomb using plutonium because it will not develop weapons-grade plutonium. The core of its reactor at Iraq will be dismantled and replaced. The spent fuel from that facility will be shipped out of Iran for the life of the reactor. Iran will not build a new heavy water reactor. And Iran will not reprocess fuel from its existing reactors, ever. Second, this deal shuts down Iran's path to a bomb using enriched uranium. Iran has agreed that its installed centrifuges will be reduced by two-thirds. Iran will no longer enrich uranium at its Fordo facility. Iran will not enrich uranium with its advanced centrifuges for at least the next 10 years. The vast majority of Iran's stockpile of enriched uranium will be neutralized. Today, estimates indicate that Iran is only two or three months away from potentially acquiring the raw materials that could be used for a single nuclear bomb. Under this deal, Iran has agreed that it will not stockpile the materials needed to build a weapon. Even if it violated the deal, for the next decade at least, Iran would be a minimum of a year away from acquiring enough material for a bomb. Okay, we have a lot to talk about with this, and that's why we are not doing RIPT. We're not doing talk radio news service, but we are talking to you. In this hour, just you, just me, and your opinions, your comments, your questions, and your concerns on this issue and on this deal that the Iran nuclear deal framework has been announced, a preliminary deal has been reached, and they're hoping for a finalized deal by the end of June. Pick up the phone and join me in this hour, 888-6-LESLIE, 888-653-7543 to call me. Tweet me by following me on Twitter, at Leslie Marshall, and let's get to it. Now, you heard the president, and the president praised the world powers. This uh, is an agreement not of the United States, but of world powers. Uh, They agreed on the general terms of a deal, and that is meant to keep Iran's nuclear program Peaceful, As you heard the president say, quote, I am convinced if this framework leads to a final comprehensive deal, it will make our country, our allies, our world safer. And obviously one of those allies he's talking about is Israel. He said, quote, if Iran cheats, the world will know. Um, uh, now, the president has said he's going to reach out to Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu to explain and defend the tentative framework. He said, quote, if, in fact, Prime Minister Netanyahu is looking for the most effective way to ensure that Iran does not get a nuclear weapon, this is the best option. But there are those out there that fear or hope or think or suspect that Netanyahu will strike Iran and strike Iran first just to be sure. This would be very unwise. Not only positioning of Israel, excuse me, demographically, uh, geographically, excuse me, in that region, but and, and the somewhat allies that it has in that area, and that could change things, quite frankly, not just for the Middle East, but for peace uh, worldwide. Now, the president warned leaders of Congress not to stop the deal. He said, quote, if Congress kills this deal not based on expert analysis and without offering any reasonable alternative, then it's the United States that will be blamed for the failure of diplomacy. He said international unity will collapse. What do you think they'll do? Call me a pessimist, but I think that Congress, I think, will stop the deal. I think Congress will stop the deal, but Republicans have been the party of no. Republicans have been the party of no to anything the president puts forth. What do you think? Whether you agree with this deal or not, do you think Congress will stop it? 
888-6-LESLIE, 888-653-7543 is the number. I think they will. Maybe that's my pessimism coming through. Now, the agreement between we and the other world powers are general terms. The terms are meant to keep Iran's nuclear program peaceful. And believe it or not, folks, this is a major breakthrough. These were very high-stake negotiations, and it took months. Now, this calls for Iran to limit its enrichment capacity. And we got them down far lower than they wanted. Also, to limit their stockpile of any type of uranium that they could enrich. In exchange, the EU will lift economic sanctions that have hobbled Iran's economy. And once again, these sanctions will not be lifted all at one time. Now, Iran has also agreed to enrich nuclear materials only at one plant. The other nuclear facilities will be converted for other uses. And obviously, there will be people internationally that will make sure the nuclear facilities, and we'll check on those nuclear facilities on a regular basis to make sure the conversion of those facilities is permanent, not temporary, and that the nuclear uh, enrichment of uranium is only done at one plant and only within the limits agreed upon within this plan. Now, the United States would lift many sanctions on Iran, but no sanction, not one sanction, nothing, not, not, not even a crumb will be lifted until after Iran has, the, the agreement is confirmed and Iran has implemented everything in the agreement. Are everybody clear? This doesn't mean we're lifting sanctions today or even at the end of June. First of all, you need to have a confirmation of this agreement, a final agreement at the end of June, and you need the implementation of this agreement. In other words, Iran would have to convert those other nuclear facilities. They would have to um, dispose of the additional uranium and have to prove that they only have a certain amount of uranium they're enriching for what purposes and that all of it's being done at that one plant. Now, the preliminary agreement is not going to end their enrichment activities, okay? Um, and the measures do not include closing their facilities. As a matter of fact, facilities will be open, but only one to enrich nuclear materials. And one of the reasons this was agreed to is because the Iranian the Iranians would not accept any deal if they had to close everything, just as we wouldn't accept every deal if they asked us to release all sanctions from the EU and the United States 100% overnight, not in phases, etc. Okay, so this is going to be um, this is going to be you earn it. You know what I mean? You earn it. You earn it. If they really want these sanctions lifted, they are going to have to comply with the terms of this agreement. Iran, they said, Iran has said they will abide by this agreement, and they will limit the enrichment activities, and they will limit the enrichment to that one location. Um, now, uh, negotiators now have to resolve additional details of the final deal by the end of June, but that announcement marks the end of a round of talks that started uh, last week. And uh, let me tell you, key, I'll tell you a few key points of the deal, but we're going to be taking a break. So let me ask you some questions because I want to get to your calls at 8886-LESLIE. After no diplomatic relations, we've had no diplomatic relations with Iran since 1979. This preliminary nuclear agreement is historic that has been reached between our nation, Iran, and other nations. How big a deal is this in historical terms? Or do you think the big enchilada comes the end of June? How big of a deal is this, in your opinion, 
in historical terms. For those of you that are history buffs or just know where it should you believe in your opinion lie on the historical spectrum. How big a deal is this in historical terms? 8886-LESLIE, 888-653-7543 is the number. Now, I shared with you the terms of this preliminary agreement. You also heard us play the president's audio. The deal would see Iran reduce its stockpile of low-enriched uranium by 98%. That's almost 100%. Remember, they, they only wanted to reduce it by like 20% at the beginning, okay? Um, and this is going to be for a 15-year period. It will cut its installed centrifuges by more than two-thirds for a decade. How much stronger do you think this deal could get? 888-6-LESLIE, 888-653-7543. Now, do you think congressional Republicans are going to try to kill this deal before it's finalized on June 20th? And their buddy, Israeli Prime Minister Netanyahu? And if so, do you think they'll be successful in doing so? Believe it or not, businesses are very keen on this deal. 8886 Leslie, 8886537543. Now, do you think Republicans are upset because their approach to Iran was focused on military options? And they actually scoffed, poo pooed, and made fun of the president when the president said he wanted to engage with Iran diplomatically. And, Iran, and we have a deal. We have a preliminary deal headed toward a permanent deal and headed toward perhaps a different future for the United States, Iran, and quite frankly, the world and even Israel. So was President Obama right? And are Republicans just PO'd because military options wouldn't work, didn't work, and diplomacy did? And we're back on Leslie Marshall. The historic deal has been reached with Iran. It's a preliminary deal. Uh, the real deal, the serious bottom line final deal, will be the end of June. If Congress doesn't stop it, do you think they will? Or do you think Netanyahu will try? I don't really think Netanyahu can do anything, though, technically. Uh, you know, He's not part of our Congress, although it's been looking that way this past year. Let's go to the calls. I want to know what you think of the deal. I want to know if you think this is historical, part of the president's legacy. If you think congressional members, the Republicans especially in Congress, will stop this. And also, if you, if you think it's a good deal. Some people are very leery, but I, I, I think this is a good deal, a very good deal. Agreement to 98% reduction. That is so far from where they started. Let's go to Cliff in Virginia, line one. Cliff, good afternoon. Thank you for joining us. Good afternoon. How are you doing today? Good, thank you. Uh, my point as far as the historical relevance of the deal, I, I look at it from two points of view. Um, the first point of view is the historical from the standpoint of how from, in, from 1979 to 2014, the United States basically had no diplomatic relations with Iran. And now within uh, President Obama's administration, you know, we are engaged in diplomatic relations, and we're able to reduce the, you know, the Iran's nuclear program by 98 percent. If you were to look at it from a military standpoint, the military was to say we were going to reduce the military nuclear program by 98 percent, we would consider that a success. But because we're using diplomacy to reduce the nuclear program by 98 percent, and given the historical backdrop from hostages being taken in 1979 to engage in diplomatic relations is a tremendous step for, for U.S. diplomacy, uh, working with the global community to resolve the issue. The second point of view, from a historical standpoint, is the clear deviation from the Bush doctrine of go it alone, going into a foreign country with faulty um, intelligence, and really creating a, 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 a international mess with the war in Iraq to having thoughtful diplomatic relations with a leading Islamic power in the Middle East 
that was on the precipice of being a nuclear power and now significantly um, detouring that power uh, through diplomacy. So I think what we're seeing is a clear severing of the Bush doctrine and, you know, probably one of the top points of Obama's doctrine to engaging the the world community to resolve uh, issues of, of international significance through diplomacy. Okay. Uh, very well said, and uh, I don't uh, disagree with you there. Thank you for the call. Appreciate that, and look forward to hearing you from again uh, from you again, Cliff. We're going to take a break. Uh, we uh, That's our shortest segment. If you're holding, don't go away. Coming right to you. Be patient. I want to give each and every one of you your fair share of time. And if you want to join us, remember when we finish with a call, your cue to call through 888-6LESLIE, 888-653-7543. A conservative who emails me frequently named David said, you know what? Obama might actually earn his Nobel Peace Prize on this one. So see, even people that don't like him or may not even like the deal, you know, there's something to be said. You know, you you didn't have a conversation since 79. Now we've got a deal, a preliminary deal. We'll be back. You know, I should get paid for the number of trolls and idiots I deal with on my Twitter page. You guys agree? (laughs) Should I get paid? You'd be able to retire by now. Should I get paid per post? One guy who tweets is uh, called Gods and Guns. Some of these people just are all about Muslims, 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 uh, you know, or death to Americans. And I was pointing out there are many Americans that think death to Americans. You know, there are many, many anti-America groups within America. And there are many people in Iran that either have no opinion of America, don't hate America. And the politicians that made this preliminary deal don't hate America. They need us. They need us to lift those sanctions. And they, they're not stupid. I mean, they're not going to just do business on their own, folks. They're going to do business with us and everybody else in the world, which the international business community loves. So anyway, this guy tweeting, I'm assuming it's a guy, sorry. Gods and Guns has a very pre- pretty picture of Jesus with a gun, even though Jesus was a pacifist who would never have a gun if you read about Jesus' life and the history of Jesus. And, and really read his words, those of you that claim to be Christians. Yeah, read the words of the guy you claim to follow. What the hell? Do it. Do it. You know, I know it. I know it's hard and would require, you know, looking in the mirror and seeing if you're really <laughs> following who you say you are and what you say you're supposed to believe. Anyway, so I asked him, um, you know, because uh, he's, he's so afraid about death and this and that. And I, I asked him, isn't God's and Guns ISIS um, mission statement? You know, tweet. And somebody said, I'm a dumb broad. I'm a stupid broad. How am I dumb or stupid for making a funny? Anyway. That kind of means you make a good point when they get mad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, I know, I know. You know, like somebody, somebody's like tonight I'm on the Kelly file, Dana Loesch, who uh, raised uh, $100,000 for that Memories Pizza Place that doesn't want to uh, cater with their pizza place gay weddings in <clears throat> Walkerton, Indiana. Population 2,200. Are there any gay people there? Would gay people hire a pizza place to cater to the wedding? And do, who wants pizza at their wedding? You know, at least you're having a, a you know, your wedding at a, a bar or something. And I know some people may do that. You know, nothing wrong with that. Uh, anyway, so I'm doing that on the Kelly File tonight. You can catch me 9, 10 uh, p.m. Eastern on Fox News Channel. I have somebody tweeting that my money's on Dana after they you know, cool, all this stuff about Jesus and hate gays. It's like, really? Do you think you'd put the money on me? <laughs> I could have told you where you're putting your money. All right, let's go to the calls. 888-6-LESLIE, 888-653-7543 is the number. Jeff's in Missouri, line three. Hi, Jeff. Good afternoon. Uh, good, good afternoon. I tweeted you several times and uh, first-time caller. Oh, thank you for that. 
breaking your virginity with me on this Thursday. Appreciate that. Thanks. Uh, I just see it. I just don't think this is going. This deal is going to work. Well, first, can I comment about that pizzeria thing? Uh, can you can comment on pretty much anything? All right. Well, first, uh, I think the latest update is like two hundred thousand. They got do- donations for is the latest something like that, and then. Yeah, one, like, one, there's a difference between donating and pledging. You know what I yeah. mean? So did they actually donate? Two, yeah. um, if this – if A, some people say it's not Christian to take the money, and B, if they take the money, they better tithe because the Bible says that if they're really concerned about their Bible, and that would be 10%. Yeah, uh, but uh, also uh, kind of like you, either gay or straight, who would have pizza at their wedding? I don't know. I don't know. Let's move from pizza to Iran. All right. Well, I, I just see history repeating itself because everyone thought they had a deal with North Korea. And then in like 2000, uh, 2003, 2004, they had their first nuke test. And they had to have been working on it long before Bush got into office. So that means they had to be lying while Clinton was still in office after their deal with the U.N. and Bill Clinton. So how do we know history won't repeat itself? Well, well, first of all, I mean, first of all, I'm sorry, but you understand they're entirely different leadership. Not only their supreme leader, their elected political leader, and our elected political leader, and the world's political leaders. You're you're talking about a whole no, no. You're talking first of all, you're talking about a whole different group of people. It's it's beyond apples and oranges. But but in the end, they're both fascist, tyrannical dictatorships. Well. You know, I I don't know if that's where they want to be headed, and that's why they want the sanctions lifted. They want to have more of an economy. Yeah, but uh, they can do that without. Uh, they got a lot of. No, they can't about. do it without the sanctions that are imposed. They're actually choking to death with the sanctions that the United States and the EU have. And proof of that is that they want a twenty percent reduction and agreed to ninety eight percent. Has somebody who sat at the negotiation table for my own things in life? This show, my TV contract, things like that, with with my agent, with my lawyer, nobody comes that far unless you're desperate. And one last thing, if I may. Yeah. What about the four Americans that are still being held in Iran? I didn't hear anything about them with the deal. I haven't heard anything about them, and that that's a very good point. So we'll we'll have to follow up on that, and I would imagine that. Uh, Secretary of State Kerry, but I, I would imagine they wanted these, this deal to uh, be separate, and I, I would think that they'll be able to release those Americans. They have uh, released other Americans in the past from both Iran and North Korea, um, and uh, not only Secretary Kerry, but others uh, in this and prior administrations have been able to successfully do that, but that's a good point that you bring up. Thank you for the call, Jeff. Uh, appreciate it. Although I understand them wanting to keep the deal clean. You have to remember this was not – if this was just a deal between the United States and Iran, I could understand saying free our people. But how do you do that when China, Russia, Germany, uh, you know, others are sitting at the table? Uh, let's go to Bill in Oklahoma, Oklahoma City actually on line one. Hey, Bill, how you doing? Good afternoon. I'm good. Thank you. Thanks for taking my call. Thank you for calling, Bill. What do you have to say? Well, you know, um, just at the very root of it, uh, you know, I've got a distrust of, of Iran. And, uh, you know, I heard what you were talking about earlier with the previous caller about, you know, different regimes from the past. And perhaps these people are more trustworthy or have different goals. You know, as a, as a just a regular guy that, um, you know, has a lot of other things going on, it's real difficult to keep track of who the good guys and the bad guys are in the Middle East. And so, uh, you know, I will remain skeptical. I'll be uh, looking to see the details of the agreement, 
Well, so far, uh, so far, Bill, I, I don't disagree with you. I'm, I'm skeptical, and so are we in the international community of Iran just the way the deal has been set up. First of yeah. all, the sanctions are not being lifted at one time. None of the sanctions start until every signature on the bottom line and every implementation of the agreement has been made. Okay, so Iran has a lot of work to do before any sanctions are lifted. How fast the sanctions are lifted is really up to them. And they have to continue this. And that goes on for 10 or 15 years. The fact that the way that the deal is set up, the way it's orchestrated, to me shows that the international community, uh, you know, doesn't, uh, you know, trust them. And it, it, does, it doesn't mean they're good guys because they struck a deal. It doesn't mean we're all the good guys either. I think, I think that every country has good and bad, some more bad than good. Yeah, understood. I, I, I think that, you know, certainly the proof will come whether we start smelling a rat later on in terms of uh, avoiding inspections and those kinds of things. And unfortunately, you know, anecdotally, you've heard of so many examples where inspectors are, are denied access and, and pushed back, and, and, and that can do nothing but, uh, you know, undermine. Uh, yeah, but you, you understand this, the difference in this situation. What you're talking about were the inspections in Iraq, and Iraq was a sovereign nation. We had no sanctions against them. And in a sense, they, you know, they not were within their right, to a degree, they were within their right to turn inspectors away. But that's not the case with Iran. Because yeah, you have the United States and the EU, if they don't allow access, if they don't let, let us look at the other facilities that they're not supposed to be enriching uranium at, that they're supposed to be doing, using those facilities for different purposes, you know, sanctions are slapped back on that day. Yeah, and, and I think, and, and like I said, I'll wait till the proof's in the pudding to see whether or not, you know, this works out. Oh, of course, we all will. I mean, we don't, th- you know, know if it's going to work, but we know that the sanctions worked because you don't go to 98% when they were adamant 60% the other day was as far as they were going to go. Anything else, Bill? Um, yeah, I'll be waiting to see, but I, I, I'm highly skeptical. Okay, and I think you had mentioned negotiating with terrorists. Remember, although we don't like negotiating with terrorists, during the Reagan administration, there was negotiation with terrorists that continued into the Carter administration with the, uh, the Iran hostage crisis, and every hostage came out alive. We say we don't negotiate with terrorists, but we do. We just call it something else. We have and we do. Thanks, Bill. Appreciate the call. Uh, let's continue with the calls. 888-6-LESLIE, 888-653-7543. And we go to Paul in Washington, line 5. Paul, good afternoon. Good afternoon. Uh, you know, your last caller was so skeptical. Uh, I think Iran has plenty to be skeptical about, considering the behavior of the United States Congress in the last uh, several weeks and uh, the behavior of Benjamin Netanyahu. I mean, if I were Iran, I'd be thinking, okay, so now you want this, and then the next thing your Congress, along with uh, Israel, are going to say, no, no, now we want something different. Now they're going to start moving the goalposts on us. And, you know, uh, Iran has had things to be skeptical about with the United States in the past. In 1952, we deposed their democratically elected leader, True. Put in there, put in a leader of our own choice. And then, you know, to, call, to say this, this last call I was talking about, we don't negotiate with terrorists. Is it really terrorism if uh, we, they, we have done that in their country and in their country they take some Americans hostage? I think that's, you know, we're in their country, given it was an American embassy, true. But we were in their country meddling in their business. And, you know, if most people don't know this, that the reason that uh, 
Prime Minister Mossadegh was deposed in 1952 by the CIA, the CIA, is because as a secular, uh, it was a secular government, he canceled the British Petroleum, the BP oil contracts. BP owns the the mineral rights in Iran, and he canceled that contract and said, no, we are the ones who own our own oil. And apparently the West didn't like that. So to be skeptical, we talk about how skeptical we are of them. They have plenty to be skeptical about with regard to the West. The other thing you you mentioned was whether Israel would make some sort of a preemptive strike if they didn't like this deal, and that would be catastrophically and cataclysmically stupid of Benjamin Netanyahu to do something like that, because then we have... Not an, we don't have an ally there anymore. If they're going to fly in the face of these countries, this, these multilateral talks, and take their own action, they have to be responsible then for what the fallout of that really is. Well, I agree with you. I mean, we, I, th- I don't know if it's because of Bush's axis of evil idea, because of the um, hostage crisis with Iran, that we view Iran as evil. Ahmadinejad didn't help the situation, and I think just a lot of Americans view them as wanting to kill and blow up Israel. And, you know, it's, it's a lot of, like, you know, tough talk, but there's no reality in it. Yeah, I mean, but- first of all, they have not, although they may have been close, they had, had not um, uh, designed and, uh, you know, fully created a nuclear weapon. Um, they did not test any nuclear weapons, and Israel has over a hundred nuclear weapons. So, I mean, if you know, if I have a spoon, <laughs> and you have an arsenal of AK-47s, I'm probably not going to throw my spoon at you. That's that's quite true. And you know, the the thing that I'm skeptical of at this point, really, is what what we can expect from the United States Congress in terms of derailing this. And then at that point, then you're only lending credibility to Israel's uh, mistrust in saying, you know, maybe we really do need to have a nuclear. So when you when you derail an agreement like this, you make is sorry, you make Iran think that you know maybe we do need to uh, have a nuclear weapon, and you make it more likely that they'll violate the agreement because they can't, they don't know what's coming. They, this, the, the nuclear weapon is for deterrent effect. It's, it, everyone knows that you don't use nuclear weapons uh, because it's, it, 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 you don't use them offensively because it's just, it's just like sticking it down your own throat and blowing it up. You'll be destroyed by the time, you know, within five minutes. Exactly. So exactly. There's no, exactly. There's no, nobody knows that. As crazy as the, Ahmadinejad was, he's not a representation of all the people, and most people want to live well, as the, long as possible. The, the, the extremists in, in Iran can't... It, rose to power because of the meddling that the West had done in Iran. Well, you know, another thing that's interesting you say that, terrorist. Everybody's being referred to as a terrorist. Um, yeah. You know, yeah, I mean, gay people are being referred to in Indiana, you know, or across the country by conservatives as terrorists because of this pizza shop that I'm going to talk about tonight. Yeah, right. uh, but, but, you know, it's that term, you know, terrorist. Um, Iran right now uh, is not beheading anybody. Iran is fighting ISIS uh, in Iraq with boots on the ground. And, you know, although people may say they've been, you know, um, they, they've been uh, financing some terror organizations, do we really know that, or is that a belief? Well, it, you know, we don't, we don't really know that. And the other thing is, with calling everyone a terrorist, you talked about how you sat down in negotiations. Do you look at the people on the other side of the table who would certainly like to pay you less and say, I don't negotiate with terrorists, right? You can call anybody a terrorist. 
But you have to. I think your point. Terrorist is, is the new Hitler. He used to be everybody's Hitler. Now it's terrorist. Oh yeah, everybody's Hitler, right? <laughs> Which is kind of a slap in the face to to Hitler because it makes him not bad enough, right? Yeah, that's a very good point. Okay, Paul. Yeah. Thank you for the call. David Humpel County, you were next, but you fell off. Give us a buzz back. If you hung up, don't be so impatient. I take the calls in the order in which they come in, and I try and get you your times. If you want to call me, pick up the phone and do so. We have one more segment in this hour talking about the preliminary deal we reach with Iran. Hopefully we'll have a final deal by the end of June. Do you think we'll get that final deal? Do you think Congress will derail it? Or do you think Congress realizes they've got to put their politics aside for this one. How historical do you think this is? And will this become, if finalized in June, a part of the Obama legacy? Let's get back to the cause. I'm Leslie Marshall talking about this deal with Iran. How historic is it? Will it be a part of the legacy of President Obama? Is it too early to tell? Is this a good step, a good first step? And do you think this was necessary and long overdue? 8886 Leslie. And will the congressional Republicans try and derail this? 8886 Leslie. 8886537543. Let's go to Queenie in Massachusetts, line five. Hi, Queenie. Good afternoon. Greetings, Leslie. How are you doing? Good. How are you doing? Oh, I'm just ducky. So, you know, I think one of John Lennon's better angels was sitting on Barack Obama's right shoulder singing, All we are saying is give peace a chance. Because uh, I think I think Barack has opened up this negotiation pot here for us, and I hope it continues. And you know, we're just we're just so trigger happy in the United States. We got to stop bombing people and blowing things up, and we have to just start talking to people. If we even if we got years and years of hatred behind us, so that's what I think. And I I have to commend his administration for doing this because because I haven't seen anybody trying to talk to the enemy like this. Not in a long time. Well, that's a very good point. That's what I'm saying. You know, we stood. You, you sit there and you, you point your finger at a country and call it an axis of evil. Yeah, they, you know, then you have an. They really did have an idiot mouthpiece in Ahmadinejad when he was at the UN and anywhere else that he spoke, denying the Holocaust, saying terrible things about Israel, not recognizing the state of Israel. The list goes on. But we didn't uh, have an idiot talking for us the past bunch of years. <laughs> Never mind, I'm not mentioning any words, you know what I mean. Any names. No names here. I'm not yeah. calling anybody. And, and, and again, we always think this. Like, you know, we, we hear Netanyahu talk, and you think that everybody in Israel is against a two-state solution, where if you look at the polls of Israel, that's not the case. No. Like, um, and when you heard George Bush talk, you would think that every American hated all Muslims and, you know, hated Iran and hated Iraq and, you know, was in favor of the invasion of the sovereign nation of Iraq, and that wasn't the case either. Politicians are trying to do the best not all, but most, for their people. Right. I, think, I think Rouhani is. Rouhani is a moderate, and Rouhani sees that if they do not repair the economy, when they have, you know, uh, up, you know, they have uh, over a 15% unemployment rate. Money they, talks. Yeah, they have a very large amount of males, yeah. and the majority of their population, unlike ours, is young. Yep. Whereas ours are, you know, seniors and baby boomers, they they're going to have a. Pro- it's going to be a powder cake. He can see that if you do not get jobs and change the economy, they will. They these people will take over. They'll throw. They'll overthrow the government, and that would be Rahani as well. Well, you know, just like just like we tried to do in the '60s, and we tried to give peace a chance, and then things changed. So. You know, I'm sorry if I'm an aging baby boomer, but I still believe that maybe if we talk to each other, no matter what happened before, we can, like, fix it, maybe. Everybody go to your corner and shut up and think about it for a minute. (laughs) 
So I, I'm, I'm just happy about that. And I don't know what the Republicans are going to do, but I'm trying to keep hope alive. You know what I mean? I know what you mean. Um, so congratulations on being female and on the radio, Leslie. Keep going. Oh, Queenie, thank you. I've been doing it for uh, uh, over a quarter of a century, uh, so I hope I keep doing it for a long time. But Queenie, yeah. thank you.